Welcome to the latest edition of How the Fuck Do You Pronounce This Name? And this one's going to be a doozy, because this week we're talking movies, we're talking nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk, Alexei Zabrowkov, Connie Nielsen, written by Derek Kolstaff, and directed by Ilya Nashaller. Chris, give me the motherfucking bunny bracelet back, motherfucker. <laughs> well, it's kitty cat bracelet. It's give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet, motherfucker. But, I mean, that's a pretty big quote from this. So I went zero to 60 in I'm about to find the fuck out. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Today, we're going to be talking with the new release, uh, Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. Uh, this is an ultra-violent film, so if you're into thriller action classics, uh, this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, Scott, as usual, take us away. I think with films like this, and it, it makes me wonder, like in the seams of Hollywood, do these actors like Bob, you know, Liam Neeson... Just like, you know, the scene from Wayne's World where they're like coming through the, the crowd and then all of a sudden they see Alice Cooper. Like, do they do they bow before Bruce Willis and just be like, we're not worthy? <laughs> we're not worthy. Because without Die Hard, like the the regular Joe, where it's not Nusselbaum, I don't think any of this shit would even be made anymore. That's but true, I, true. I, that's <laughs> true. Because they went from, yeah, because he was that transition from like, the Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like super Jack dude to like come up to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. Yeah, it's just the the regular guy that you believe eventually will fuck you up. And I think Bob Odenkirk did an amazing job. And then reading up on this too, like this whole story just came from. I guess he had a home invasion. And who did? Bob Odenkirk. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then he, the trespassers, he ended up locking in his basement, and he was just displeased with how the authorities handled everything. That he just started imagining, like, man, what if I was a badass? Like, what would happen? But and that's where the but, story. Of but this... Bob didn't write this. Yeah, but he came up with the story. He did. Yeah. Everything I read, he was the story, but the screenplay was Derek Kolstad. Oh, that's interesting, because when I pulled it up, it said written by Derek Kolstad, which usually means to get a writing credit, like opposed to screenplay versus story credit, you need to have written both. So maybe because he worked in conjunction with Bob, um, like he did the yeah, primary writing. Was and just, yeah, if it was just an idea that Bob had and then went yeah, and then did everything. So it wasn't story or anything, just gave him an idea. What happens if you have home invasion with a badass, right? Like, I mean, we've we've seen that in other movies. Like, what is it? Uh, Don't speak or be quiet or whatever that movie is, where they break into the like blind dude's house, but it turns out to be a fucking like special forces Vietnam vet and fucks oh, their yeah, shit up or whatever. Breathe. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Wayne's World because, like, when you look at uh, Bob Odenkirk's filmography, like TV and and movies and stuff, it's huge. Like the guy's been around forever, including all the like little background role. He plays he played a concert nerd in Wayne's World, right? So it's even got like his ba- his filmography has some of his 
Uh, it almost must be background because, I, I mean, unless he had a line, so he actually got a film credit for it. But yeah, he had this. He has this huge, huge filmography. Like he's been around forever. Um, you know, on the topic of Bob, who plays Hutch, the the primary character in this, he's got 16, 16 Emmy nods. He's got two wins, both for writing, because he wrote on Saturday Night Live. Uh, then he was on the Ben Stiller Show, the Larry Sanders Show, Mister Show with Bob and Dave. He, it's David Cross and him. He's the Bob. So lots of writing. Like he's been writing a long, long, long time. Um, but let's be honest. We know him from fucking Breaking Bad as Saul. You know what I mean? And I mean, Better Call Saul, Breaking which is the Bad. spinoff. But like, he is so amazing as Saul. The like fucking shitty, sleazy lawyer. Like it's such a perfect character and he plays it so, so, so well. I've never watched Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah, really. I've okay, have you watched it. Better Call Saul, though? No, I haven't watched any of it. Okay, well, you, I mean, if you don't want to watch all of Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad is good. I mean, you got to give it, like, I'd say at least three episodes to get into it. Um, but definitely watch Better Call Saul, which is basically like a prequel to his uh, his character becoming Saul, like the attorney. He was always an attorney. It's just him becoming, like, the shady attorney. You know what I mean? Okay, I hear you. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree with you, man. He uh, he did a great job because okay. So first off, one of the things I want to say about this movie is like, don't. And I kind of I'm taking I'm kind of riffing actually off of some other articles. Either it was in Variety or IndieWire or something like that. The idea that this is a less serious version of like say Taken. That was the example they used. Like this film does not take itself seriously. It's almost like a tongue in cheek. B movie in some sex. I don't want to say an homage, but just kind of like the way that genre does kind of some silly shit. Um, he's similar to John wick, but even John wick, and we can talk about the fact that the same writer and stuff like that. Um, John wick again is, it, it treats itself fairly seriously. I would say that taken takes itself like super seriously. Like it's like a thriller. And then John wick is like the next step down. And then there's, Uh, nobody which is sort of like wink wink nudge nudge we're gonna have some cheesy lines the violence in this one of the things that was actually most striking to me because this thing has like you know it's not perfect in all its spaces the violence in this is this and this is gonna sound obvious but and, and i'm gonna explain is super intimate violence like in something like john wick or taken like they'll break an arm they'll shoot a guy in the chest but in this, he's fucking up close and personal. He's going to slit your throat. He's going to... There was so much, like, people's faces getting carved up and stuff. And, like, the camera stays there. Like, you see it. Like, it's not like the cutaway where as the knife comes across the face. It's like, like slice you right open and you see everything. I was like... Like, when the violence happens, it's fucking intense, man. It's the kind of violence that can actually make you want to look away. So they did a fantastic job with that. What are your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. Like, I think the choreography in this film was really well. And I think what you, how you're saying Taken, like, for me, I took this as more of um, kind of like the equalizer. Yeah. With like, um, Well, that's more the premise, right? Like, the revenge... The- Mr. Majestic, yeah. that like, kind of thing, right? He, yeah, he's the specialist, and he's um, he's going in. And the thing I thought was funny too was was like end of Equalizer was the whole like Home Depot like battle, and this one was 
the factory in which he like set up like a million different traps that used all like the Home Depot <laughs> um, equivalents, like the nails and everything like that, how he set it up. But yeah, I think he did me like an awesome job. And even fucking like they made Doc Brown believable, like he was gonna Christopher fuck Lloyd? you up. Yeah, like that Doc Brown was gonna fuck you up, right? <laughs> oh man. And again, not not to spoil anything, but when uh they come to like cause Doc Brown plays his dad, uh Hutch's dad, uh the ex FBI agent or whatever, and when they show up, I'm like, Oh, these guys are gonna get fucked up, man. And they got Oh, that the best line is like, you brought a lot of shotguns. You brought a lot of rescues. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's 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 this kind of cheesy action film. Um, well, OK, well, I think, Mike, the quote that I have this this week is, is kind of really suits this. So Randy Myers from the San Jose Mercury Times says the violence reaches Tarantino levels. Well, the plot is dangerously thin as a supermodel. But so what? End quote. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. Remember what you're watching. It's not, it's, and it's actually fairly well stylized as well. There's some really, the very opening where it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and he's going through his routine and it gets faster and faster and they keep cutting back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Like, it's good. Like, as soon as I turned it on, I'm like, oh, okay, there, there was some care and attention put into creating this. There is some, like, I know they have to have the, like, don't worry, sweetheart, I'll take care of this, blah, blah, blah. I personally, I would have yanked that out, but again, I, I think I would have approached this film like more serious as a filmmaker. And I don't know if it would have worked. Like I could have made the violence. I would have just cut out all the stuff that wasn't violent and make it like a, you know, hour and 15 minutes, just fucking ballistic episode. But I think some people are definitely going to like kind of like the cheesy aspects. And it does give you a bit of a calm, right? Like those downtimes, then when it gives you something to ramp up to, where if you do just run hard and fast the whole time, you got it. You, you're going to have your first off. You can't make the movie as long and you got to make sure you, you keep that tempo up because people can get a bit exhausted. Right. Yeah. Like in terms of the interpersonal relationships, that was the one thing. Even now I'm, I'm still, you loved it, right? Out. You were like family fucking values all over this. No, because like when uh, like spoilers, like, after he has the bus incident, right? And he comes home and she, his wife's waiting up for him and he goes, it's been a day and she's patching him up and she's patching him up with like super glue and all that stuff. And he was like, Oh, remember how it used to be like, rem-. I, at first I caught, I started thinking like she was in the force with him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought but that the, she was but, like, it was like Mr. And Mrs. Smith kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I know. And then you get to the garage scene when he's like, oh, I got to take care of this. And she's like, you got to tell me what's going on. I'm like, it, like to me, I'm like contradicting. I'm like, does she know? Does she not know? And what was in the past that she was like chopping him, like healing him up with super glue and stitching him up herself, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I thought, I think there might have been. So either something got left on the editing floor that would have uh, explained that or they fucked up. <laughs> which which is fine yeah. you know what i mean like again is if you go into this movie being like i'm go- am i not entertained you will be entertained but if you take some like super critical eye to it which like i tend to just do because i'm a fucking nerd like it pulls me out of it a bit but then i just had to just like remind myself yo you're watching some shit get killed with bottles and fucking all kinds of crazy found objects types of um 
types of killing and and just just remember what you're watching and it'll be fucking great and i mean they picked okay well first off we'll talk about the writer so Derek colsted if you don't know you know he's the creator of the john wick franchise and he wrote on the first three there is there's only three right now i think i think fourth is in production um yeah yeah he worked all the way up to parabellum um and you feel that like you get that john wick and as soon as i saw that hot older car i was like this writer loves taking an average dude and some fucking machine guns and sticking them in like a charger or in like an old fucking stingray or something like that because i can't remember what is john wick drive it's is it a charger as well i think so but he's got because he's got an old muscle car as well right and so as soon as you see that muscle car you're like that thing is gonna have like a dude firing me and oh my god that car scene near the end like is fucking awesome. Like I said, this is a f- super super fun film if you like kind of that just like shit blowing up, fast cars, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, like I think in terms of action, it was personable and I like how up close it was. Like the bus scene was my favorite. My favorite scene is the one you were talking about before in which it was just cutting to his daily routine and it was the same thing over and over again 100 and the thing the thing that i always thought that i enjoyed the most was like especially knowing like going in you know he's a badass right and he gave it up kind of for his family kind of thing because that's in the trailers and then he has that scene Wait, where before you constantly... move on do you think that do you like the fact that you kind of had and you knew from the trailer going in or would you have preferred kind of a history of violence you know, where you think he's mild-mannered and then find out the switch. Do you think it was it was okay to do that in the trailer? Yeah, I think it was fine. Because you, you kind of, like, with these films, it's not like, it's not like the twist, right? Yes. You're, you want, you're going in. You want in. that action audience fucking showing up from day one. Yeah, you're going in, like, kind of thinking, like, it's just going to be massive violence. Like, the everybody involved in this knows how to choreograph knows how to apply stunts perfectly. But what I was saying before was the, the one scene when they're repeating the day, like just cutting repeating day, but he's doing the push-ups on the bus station is, and it's just him just pretty much. I couldn't tell if he was, eye fucking his wife the whole time he was pushing it up or just like blaming her. Like, fuck, I used to be a badass and I gave that shit up for you. But it was just like an intense look every time he was doing it. Like, yeah. That was a cool scene. Him. Cause the, the camera's kind of like, Oh, I think it's over his shoulder and <laughs> it cuts back and forth between his face. And then that big real estate photo of hers. Right. And then, yeah, yeah bang, we move on to like day, day two, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. That, that editing was fantastically done. Um, and I, again, it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, there's some filmmaking going on here. Um, and I mean, I will say this though, yep. if you go two weeks with missing the fucking garbage, and the wife has to tell you you've missed the fucking garbage. How about the wife just go out and do it? Like, because she already knows. Why don't you just put your garbage it? out the night before like everybody else fucking does? Because <laughs> yeah. I saw that happen. I'm like, who misses the garbage in the morning? Garbage goes out the night before, but whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, they picked a great director for this. Uh, Ilya, Ilya Nashula, which if you're Russian, I'm sorry. You know how we are on the show. Um so I checked. Right. Some... I warned everybody in the intro. 
Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> this I know. I know. Gonna be, this was going to be another one of <laughs> we so, can't say shit. First off, have you seen Hardcore Henry? That's kind of the big film that he like wrote, direct, produced, choreographed, or sorry, uh, DOP'd, acted in. Do you know the film no, I'm talking that, about? Yeah, that's the first first person shooter film yeah that everything's from his perspective i haven't watched it no so i, I know I just, about it i touched my i touched base with the trailer again today but then i also realized that he did the music video for the weekend who's canadian actually we have actually four canadian uh, connections in this film which is great um so if you check out the video for false alarm it's also that first per- super super violent it's like the bank robbery and you're 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 seeing it from that first person shooter point of view, right? So he's done mm-hmm. hardcore Henry, he's done this. And you get that kind of sense that he's very comfortable with directing like extremely violent films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if, if that's part of kind of how he's, uh, you know. Well, it's, it's his genre. Clearly, it's his genre, yeah. right? Now, do you think this is same universe as Wick? Like, technically, out. Chapter five, you know, nobody shows up. So what I read on this is up to this point, it's not, they're going to put in the, the universe, but they're not actually going to come into contact. So it'll be more like Easter eggs versus like an actual crossover. But I mean, you know how Hollywood is. If they can make a billion dollars, they're going to fucking put whoever they want, wherever they want at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that was the thing I, I thought at first, right? Because when he grabs the gold bullion, I'm like, oh, is that the shit from the Continental? Oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, is he yeah. Going to, I'm like, is he going? And then I'm like, no, it's gold. And he was like, I'm fucking uh, buying this place. And then the brother-in-law was like, what am I supposed to do? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, and his, so his, okay, so let's let's hit some of these Canadian connections. So the director worked on The weekend's music video. Boom, Canadian connection number one, because The weekend's from Toronto. Michael Ironside, who plays the father, who was in one of the greatest movies of all time, Top Gun. He's from Toronto. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you know, uh, Scanners. Or, oh, Scanners know. is good, too. Yeah. Or, or Ta- Starship Trooper. Starship Trooper. Starship Trooper. Also, you know, Highlander 2, The Quickening. You oh, know, I thought you were going to go with those. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with those. Um... <laughs> The so the 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 Russian actor uh, who plays uh, the mob boss uh, Alexei Soboryenkov, uh, he has emigrated to uh, Canada now. He's he was born in Russia. Actually, he was born in the Soviet Union. He's emigrated to Canada. Uh, he's actually considered one of the highest paid and most famous, or one of the most famous Russian actors. Uh, he's in a really great independent film called Le- Leviathan that did really well at like film festival and stuff. Um, and it was filmed. Between Los Angeles and Winnipeg, Manitoba. That, like, all the city... I think a lot of that city stuff... I mean, Winnipeg's a fucking dirt city rundown. It's like the Hamilton of the Prairies. I know it used to be called the the the, the Paris of the Prairies in the Tragically Hip song, but let's be honest, it's the fucking Hamilton of the Prairies. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bombed out little city, but yeah. So it was uh, quite quite a bit of this was actually filmed in Winnipeg. Uh, total shooting day they did this in thirty five days, which is super impressive. Our producer now, says no. Brandon Manitoba is uh, the Hamilton of the Prairies, not Winnipeg. There you go. Um, what well, I was gonna say uh, now this 
obviously was affected by COVID. Okay. Do you think it would have done well in theaters if everything was open? Well, I guess it would depend on what else was out at the time. Uh, Variety figured it would have done 15 million in its first weekend. Okay. What uh, was the budget? Well, no, no, no. That that would have been Variety thought it would do 15 million its first no, weekend no, I, if it wasn't I'm COVID. Just saying, yeah, but what was uh, what was the budget for this film? So it had a 16 million dollar budget. It so far has made 48.3 million box office. That's in theater. Um, it actually, I think Variety figured it was going to do five million in its first week or first weekend, and it ended up doing like 6.5. So it was actually above what they figured it would make. Um, so and it's made its money back. So I mean, it's done well for itself. And I got it video on demand at $25 a pop. So we don't even know how much this fucker is making at home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was number one in the box office the week that it came out. Uh, And then it was surpassed by, what is it, the latest Jason Statham film uh, done by Guy Ritchie? Okay, Man of Wrath. Yes. Which is like Uh, another bank robbery film or something like that. Yeah. So all in all, you enjoyed? So, okay. I liked it. I thought, like I said, it, uh, the action sequences are perfect. Bob Osniak does great. Um, I mean, all the actors, like, it's really well cast. You've got Christopher Lloyd, Bob uh, Odenkirk. Uh, like I said, Alexander Sobrinkov, uh Riza playing his brother. Uh, and I want to talk about Riza quickly because I didn't realize, like, how much cool shit he's done. Obviously, he's one of the founding members of the Wu-Tang Clan, producer and stuff. Uh, he's acted in like coffee and cigarettes, American gangster repo man. He was in Californication on TV, but he did the fucking score, the entire score for kill bill volume one and volume two, which I think that's one of the most impressive things. Well, obviously other than being in the fucking Wu-Tang clan, um, Michael Ironside is, sorry, go ahead. I would say he then, uh, I believe wrote and directed man with the iron fists. Yep. Yes, he did with, um, and that has some Tarantino involvement in it. If yeah, I'm I think Tarantino mistaken. helped with casting or and some of the like kind of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I mean, we've got Michael Ironside. Like I said, he's from Toronto and Top Gun, Starship Trooper. Uh, Connie Nielsen. She's another one of these people that has this fucking massive filmography. Like she's been around forever. Like Devil's Advocate, Permanent Midnight, Rushmore, Gladiator, and then of course her big roles are now like Wonder Woman. Uh, everything she plays, uh, I can't pronounce the name, but she plays like the queen of yeah, Queen Hippolyta. That's right. In all the Hippolyta. kind of DC stuff. Right. So she's done really well for herself. Um, interesting tidbit on both her and Bob Odenkirk. So Connie Nielsen dated Me- the Metallica's drummer and Bob Odenkirk used to date uh, Janine Garfalo, Graf- Graf- which I thought was just an interesting little kind of side thing. Okay. I always find it interesting you find out who's dating who. Are you one of those people that like click like TMZ on the kind of people or what? No, like click on the buzz feeds or or whatever, like on Facebook, and they're like um you're like, oh look at these celebrity couples you forgot were all there. Yeah, I can, like, oh, I can be yeah. a bit of a sucker for that type of stuff. Um, and you just go through that rabbit hole. But yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, I would have preferred not to pay 25 fucking dollars for it. But I mean, if you're going to have a podcast, sometimes you got to pay money to do, do your job. Um, 
So I would recommend, I mean, if you could see it in the theater, go, go drop the 15 bucks. I think you'll be entertained and stuff like that. Chill out, relax. Uh, if you can do it safely. Uh, otherwise I would wait till it comes either down in price. I, I, I would not suggest paying the $25 if you don't have to, unless you're going to split that cost with a couple people. I would wait till it's like, you know, in the $6 range, watch it on a big screen TV, turn up the volume, uh, and don't take it too seriously. You know what I mean? What about you? Yeah. I thought this was the perfect like popcorn film where, you know, you just want to sit down and and just veg, right. Not have to think about much, not have to do anything. You're going to be entertained. Uh, and I I would recommend it. Well, and I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's in the sweet spot. It's at the 92 minute mark. So it's like just over an hour and a half. Um, how do you feel about the, so it's got an 83 from the critics and it's got a 94 from the audience. Sound about right to you? I'm actually surprised actually that both are so high, to be honest. I'm not surprised about the audience. Cause I think you're right. The fact that people knew it was going to be an action film going in is it drew in the right crowd right from day one. Uh, it wasn't masquerading as like a drama that has a bunch of crazy shit happen. There's no big, it's not a twist. You know, you know that right away. So you've got the right audience watching the film right away. I'm actually shocked that the critic rating is a bit is is that high, which is awesome. But again, maybe because they knew there, there there was no hidden stuff, right? They're like, I'm going to watch an action film. Yep, it was an action film. Uh, and and just a, one more shout out to my sister. So this movie still has a higher audience rating than Mean Girls. So. Uh, I don't know, Scott. I'm thinking that maybe we should try and do a campaign where we get the audience rating of Rotten Tomatoes uh, for Mean Girls up because everybody seems to like it, but it doesn't have a high enough uh, audience rating. Um, anyway, that's all for well, me. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with that because I could give two shits about the <laughs> audience rating of Mean Girls. <laughs> right? So I'll leave you with that. And is and unless there's anything else from, uh, from our producer, uh, like I said, um, oh, I just want to touch uh, the DOP on this is uh, Powell uh, Berlowski. Uh, he did work on Midsummer and Hereditary. Uh, my last ta- my last thought on this is the action is great, the filmmaking is great. Don't watch it for the fucking dialogue, but it's an action film. So if you're doing that, like I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's a popcorn movie and enjoy. Yeah, the last thing I want to say is to the people of Manitoba. The views expressed on this podcast are Chris and Chris alone. Uh, please don't hate me because uh, I've never been to Manitoba, so I have nothing to to judge. Also, Hamilton, you know, I loved Hess Village when I was a kid uh, going to the clubs there. So, you know, I have no ill will. Go Ticats. And um, you guys can all hit Chris. Don't come after me. And go Leafs go. You are you are that Homer Simpson meme where he backs into the uh, the bush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at How Do You Like That One, or email us at How Do You Like That Movie at gmail.com. People, especially now that we're putting this shit on YouTube, people are going to be like, yo, that's that motherfucker that talks shit about, like, the suburbs of France. 
or, or Paris. Oh, that's that asshole that said that stuff about Quebec. Oh, there's that guy that can't get Russian names right. Fuck that guy. Fuck him in his big exactly. fucking head. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, a nice push away. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, it's Chris, <laughs> not me. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.